Philippians chapter 3. We're looking today at the subject of knowing Christ. So let me just pray for us as we start. Loving Father, thank you so much that you are with us here today by the Holy Spirit. And I ask you with love, with deep conviction. Thank you that this word is living and active, powerful, sharp, healing. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for that word of life to bring that fire into our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's on my heart to, uh, to pray, just to, to preach today about knowing Christ. And, and as I prayed right at the beginning, looking at the Christmas season, this theme came into my heart about the best Christmas. And the best Christmas is that where we know Christ. It's pretty simple. Uh, knowing Christ, that's where we have the best Christmas. The, the thing is that Christmas, as I'm sure you'll know and we hear regularly, but I would love us to do something about it. Christmas has often become distorted. Uh, Christmas has been sentimentalized, perhaps. It's, it's become a sort of cultural thing, which is fine. And believe me, I love it all. <laughs> I'm not against any of it. I think it's brilliant. I love all the turkey and tinsel and everything else. But sometimes in the midst of that, it's become misunderstood and has become uh, perhaps dead or even through our busyness, it diminishes and it dilutes what Christmas really is about. And actually, Christmas is about that personal relationship that God came to give each of us with himself. That personal knowledge of God, that knowledge that Jesus came from heaven to earth, to born in the manger, and then grew up and lived that life, that glorious life, Now uh, he went to the cross for us. He died and rose again so that he might bring us to God, to reconcile us to God. And Jesus is alive right now. He is seated in the heavenly realms in glory. And he knows you by name. He loves you. He has loved you from all eternity past. And he he wants to be in relationship with you, that you would know him. He didn't die to bring us religion, to bring us rules. He didn't die so that we could just try to earn our way to God. He died so that we, by faith and trust in him, could come back into relationship with God that was lost through our sin, through our wickedness, through our rebellion, through our waywardness, our transgressions, iniquity, fallen away from God in our sin and the purpose of Jesus coming in Christmas time was to go to the cross. The cradle to the cross to the crown. That is the message of the gospel. He humbled himself uh, in Bethlehem. He humbled himself on the cross. And now God has exalted him and given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. And today we want to get what Christmas really is. It's this personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that is so important. Uh, it's, it's funny, isn't it, how hard it is, seemingly, for us to put Jesus at the center of Christmas. <laughs> because we have been, I guess, and as I say, please hear me 
correctly. I love all the trimmings around Christmas, and I do all of it. But let's not make that the main thing. That's just a, that's a sideshow to celebrate the main event, which is Jesus. Uh, it really is Jesus. And if we can get hold of this, Jesus Christ is the center of Christmas. And knowing him is the reason why he came. I wonder, do we all know Jesus here today? There may be some of us who do. There may be some who don't. That's the question I want us to think, consider today. But also, can I add to that? How well do you know him? Do you know him at the surface level? Sort of skin deep, ankle deep. You know, you know him like a, uh, just barely know him. <laughs> are, are you sort of distant from him? Perhaps cool, not very close, but just far away perhaps. <clears throat> I don't want us only to just come to know him. I want us to know him well. That we may really know Jesus Christ. Whom to know is life eternal. There's a richness in knowing Jesus. And that's what Paul, the Apostle Paul, had on his heart when he said here in verse 10, chapter 3, verse 10, I want to know Christ. And that's the phrase I want us to go away with here from today. And we can make it a prayer. You can make this a prayer for your own life. I want to know Christ. May this be sort of the banner over your Christmas celebrations this year. I want to know Christ. And the word here isn't just an intellectual knowing. You won't get this knowledge only by reading books or watching films, or documentaries, or whatever, finding information, going online. You won't be able to get this from Wikipedia, or wherever else you go. Um, This knowledge of Jesus is about personal relationship. Uh, I want to know Christ in the same way that you know those closest to you. You would never be able to know them fully just through information. You have to meet them. You have to be in relationship with them. And you have to develop the relationship with them. That's the key. Growing in Christ. And that's for us as Christians. I I do marvel how hard it is for us to really put Jesus at the center. Even for Christians. Never mind the world. So often we let everything else take the center stage. And we give give sort of um, uh, due notice to Jesus, obviously. Obviously. But actually, is he really there for us in this time, in our, in our souls? This deep cry from the Apostle Paul, may it become our deep longing and the cry of our hearts. I want to know Christ. And I would say this is even more important in the challenging times we're living in right now. You know, we're living, we are living in strange times when it, the, the whole COVID experience seems to be resurging again. We are living in times that are tough times. Many people, their energy is low. Many people are fatigued. Many people are suffering in body, soul, and spirit in all sorts of ways. There is a lot of fear around. There is a lot of fatigue. Um, There's division as well. We seem to be more divided as a society than we've ever been. It is so sad. I can't tell you... You know, many times I've sort of thought to myself, you know, Lord, would you come? (laughs) 
come again because you know it just there's so many multi-layered complex issues going on in our society and never mind what's running through our hearts and our minds we're try we're wondering how do we live in the times that we are living in who do we believe how do who do we trust how do we know how to live right now well that's why it's even more important because the prayer i want to know christ is where we're going to need to go to get genuine comfort to get genuine healing to to have strength for to realize my internal resources haven't got what it takes for this world that we're living in it was not going to come externally you can read as many self help books as you like or put into practice as many principles as you can think of uh in the end we get worn out with it don't we you can't do it externally internally it's got to come from jesus uh i lift up my eyes to the hills where does my help come from my help comes from the lord maker of heaven and earth he will not suffer your foot to to to, to slip you know this is the psalm 121 our help in the times that we're living in comes from the lord it comes from god it comes from the and you know daniel's book of daniel says the people that know their god shall be strong and do exploits this is not the time to withdraw this is not the time to back off your faith this is the time to press in this is the time to stand up this is the time as lydia spoke to us the other week of courage bravery the people that know their god that's the people who are going to be overcomers right now even though we may feel weak in ourselves of course we are none of us have what it takes but jesus is lord he is victor he has overcome all the power of the evil one in fact when he died and rose again from the dead he said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me he's got the keys of death and hell at his side he is the king of kings and the lord of lords and we can know him personally experientially it doesn't mean you're always on cloud 9 mind you sometimes you have to know him in the depths of sorrow and in the depths of trials and in the depths of of wondering and and stress and anxiety and all sorts of things it may be through sickness it may be through mental health struggles it may be through you name it we the world we live in a fallen world that throws its worst at us but when we are in Christ and when we know Christ that's where that you have an anchor for your soul that is steadfast and secure and so this is the prayer for this christmas i want to know christ it's not only for christmas friends this is the prayer for this time that we are living in this time of trouble this time of shaking this time of confusion for so many a time of fear what does the bible say perfect love casts out fear the bible says also you know do not be afraid jesus said how many jesus consistently said to his followers do not be afraid you know in john 15 in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you uh, he's coming again friends we can be so encouraged today not because we look out around us but because we look up 
Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And so friends today, just want to turn up our, our hearts towards Jesus. Jesus is so glorious, so wonderful. He is so sufficient. He's not lacking anything that we need. He has all that we need. He's altogether sufficient. He's altogether lovely. He's altogether able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or even imagine. It doesn't come from church. It comes from Jesus, who's the Lord of the church. And so today, that's what we're after. We want to know Jesus. And I love how it begins, this, this, these verses. Actually, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. You know, Paul wrote this from prison. Rejoice in the Lord, uh, uh, even though we may feel in prison. Even though we may feel struggle and hardship, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Uh, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. This is the consistent theme of this apostle of suffering. Rejoice in the Lord. I think that's what the Lord was calling us to this morning. To rejoice. Do we feel like it? Anybody here feel like they want to rejoice just in your emotions? Some may and some may not. But it doesn't matter. We can still rejoice anyway. Rejoice in the Lord. It's a choice to rejoice. Uh, it's not, uh, we don't only rejoice when we feel like it. Praise God. Uh, now, I'm not going to be able to cover everything in this passage because it's just far too rich. We'd be here uh, until Christmas Day. But um, I will let you out before then. But the big theme that the Apostle Paul, I think, is unpacking in this passage. It comes actually in this first few bits, which appear a bit strange to us, because you're thinking, where is he going with this? You know, where he says, uh, it's it, um, no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And by the way, I'm encouraged by that, because I feel like I repeat myself all the time up here. But it's fine, because the Apostle Paul was doing it too. Um, and it's to safeguard you. Watch out for those dogs those evildoers, those mutilators of the boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. So, what's he talking about here? This is strange. But what he's really saying is there were people in the church, in, <coughs> in Philippi there, people who were really saying to the church, faith in Jesus is not enough. You need to have faith in Jesus plus circumcision, faith in Jesus plus this rule, that rule, this law, that law. And so really you've got to, you've got to find a way for you to get saved or please God through your actions. It's basically works. By works, we're going to be acceptable to God. And now, so faith is not enough. That's what he's saying here. And Paul is coming against that. 100%. He says that's not true. Because it is the gospel, our gospel, is that we are saved by faith, through grace. That is not of ourselves, not of any works that we can do so that nobody can boast. In other words, when we get to heaven one day by the grace of God, we're not going to stand in heaven and say, I got here and I did it my way under my own steam. And I, you know, so many people have misconception of Christianity that if, if your good works outweigh your bad works, somehow 
that is going to be okay on the judgment day. As long as you can just balance the scales and tip them slightly over to better than worse, then God will be pleased with you. And it's that approach is an approach which basically is saving yourself. Uh, and you're doing it your own way. And, and, and I, I applaud the desire to be good and to do good things, of course. We all want to please God. We all want to follow Jesus, to do what is right, to help and care. But, you know, those things are good, but they don't save you. They don't actually make you right with God. It's not a case of, have I done enough? It's, I could never do enough. I, I am not good enough for heaven And neither you. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. What does it say? The gift of God. It's not the earned gift of God. It's not that if I can work hard and if I can do X, Y, Z, if I just keep the rules, if I can be nice to people a bit more than I mean to people, then God will love me. No, it's not about that. It's not about trying to be good. It's not about being as religious as you can be. So many people have that misconception about the Christian faith. It is not about keeping a religion. It is not about your works. It is not about keeping the rules. It is about faith. In Jesus, who loves us, it is about saving faith. And and if you don't know what faith is, faith is spelt this way. Forsaking all, I trust him. F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all, I trust him. Put your trust in Christ. None of us have what it takes to know God. And so... We don't have to earn this salvation. We receive this by faith. But Jesus was always talking about repentance and faith, turning to God and believing in him. If you believe in your heart, uh, if, you, if, you, if, if, if you believe that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. This is, this is the gospel message. We've sinned and we've fallen short and the sin that, 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 that would lead us to death and to the judgment of God and to die and to rise again. And then as we put our faith in him and say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Have mercy on me, O God. Save me for Jesus' sake. You know, that's what they said to the Philippian jailer. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And so that's what Paul is dealing with here in this church. He's trying to help them to see it's not through works, but it's through Christ that we get relationship with God. And then let's just focus on verse 10. I want to know Christ, Paul says. I want to know Christ, this relationship, this intimacy, this passion in his heart to know Christ. Friends, is that our hearts as we approach Christmas? Sometimes we're so busy, we're so, we're so too busy to actually know Jesus. I want to know Christ. Is that your heart today? Or are we cold, are we distant, are we surface level uh, with God? You know... Um, takes time, doesn't it, to get to know somebody. 
And you get to know Jesus for the first time through faith, through believing in him. But then as we grow in knowing him, it takes time. And that's why we need time for his word, for worship, to pray, to serve him. And we get to know him more. That's why we sung that song, Knowing You, Lord, Knowing You. There is no greater thing. That's what the Apostle Paul was saying here in the verses earlier when he talked about profit and loss because Paul said that uh, whatever was to, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage, rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Look, look at this, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. This is how you start the relationship. But Paul, who had more reason than any to consider himself right with God on, it, on his own merits, he said those things that he used to look at as good, keeping the law, keeping the religion, keep, trying to keep the rules, he now considered rubbish compared to Jesus. There's, there's a profit loss thing going on here where he says, you know, compared to knowing Jesus, Jesus is the gain, that I may gain Christ. It's so important that you gain Christ, that we gain Christ, that we are found in him, not focusing on religion or adding things, but coming by simple faith and trust and repentance, which means turning to God. That we, that's how we come to God. And then we grow in him. We get to know him more and, and, and we have this cry in our hearts, I want to know Christ. So many people, all they want is more church or more, you name it, this or that or the next thing. And you know what needs to burn in our hearts is more Jesus. More of you, Jesus. I, I'll be honest with you, I've been looking for um, a curate over the past few weeks. Uh, and every time, a, a number of people I've come into contact with, they're full of church but not full of Jesus. So I said no to them. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> Anybody want people, other ordained clergy who are full of church? No. We love the church. I love the church because it's the body of Christ. But I love it because it's, his, it's about him. Friends, today let's be all about Jesus. All about Jesus. The fullness, see, more of his love who died for me. More, more about Jesus. That's Christmas. It's not more tinsel. It's not more turkey. It's not more Tia Maria. It's more Jesus. Amen. We love. We, I, I don't want you to hear me wrong. Celebrate. Enjoy the Christmas season. Brilliant. But don't miss Jesus. How many people are missing him and, and this is the Apostle Paul's cry. I want to know Christ. Um, we want to grow in, in our relationship with him. And that's how Paul chose Jesus. Paul uh, said, forever was my uh, prophet I consider loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Is that how you see knowing Jesus? Do we see it as a chore? Do we see it as, oh, I've got to know, get 
Paul considered this the passion of his life. It drove him. This is, what, this is why he had joy in prison. is because he knew Jesus. And some of us wonder, you know, why we're constantly taking our pulse and looking at our navels, wondering why we feel far from God. And it's because we don't want to know Jesus that we're struggling so much. If we knew Jesus more, we would, our struggles would all be put more into perspective because we would say, rejoice in the Lord. This is where the strength comes from to do it. We don't have it in ourselves. It's not about putting a plastic smile on. It's about knowing Jesus. That's where our help comes from. That's where genuine, authentic Christianity resides. Not in religiosity. Far from it. It's a deception. It's like Paul is so strong about this. People who are looking for religion to save them are deceived. Even the Christian religion. Amen? It's not according to our works. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who saves. And we need his salvation. So friends, look when he also says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Are we missing some of that? Yeah. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to the church today. To those who believe in his name. Important. And we're going to be looking at this in the new year. I cannot under, I can't overemphasize the importance of the Holy Spirit. Because he leads us to Jesus. He magnifies Jesus. And if we're going to know the power of his resurrection, friends, we need to be praying, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Fill me now, Lord. Fill me now, Lord, with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. That's what the Apostle Paul also says. Be filled with the Spirit so that we may know the power of his resurrection. We need the power of God to live in the times we're living in right now. The power of God. It takes that power of God to love God. It takes the power of God. Not in our own strength, friends. So many of us are worn out in our own strength. No wonder we're so fatigued. No wonder we're spent. It's because we're often doing it ourselves. And that actually the Bible says the power of his resurrection is what we need. Come Holy Spirit. Not to be afraid. How can we not be afraid in these times? How can we get strength to know what to do next? The power of his resurrection. How can we be gifted for service? The gifts and the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Is what we need. We're going to be looking at that in the new year a bit more. It is through the power of the resurrection that we can live. It all comes from Jesus. And then also it says, we're coming near the end. Also it says that sharing, participating in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. You know Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, let them take up their cross daily and follow me. There is a cost to being a Christian. It is not easy to be a Christian. Uh, As we heard earlier, as Paula said, it may get harder to be a Christian. In fact, I believe it's going to be more uncomfortable in the coming days and years for us to name the name of Jesus publicly. But we do it because, not because we must, but because 
He is our altogether lovely one. To whom else shall we go? He has the words of eternal life. Jesus is Lord. The world may uh, go against us and may not understand, but Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Here there is one way to heaven, and it is the Lord Jesus. And when we get so filled, saturated, baptized in the love of God and in the Lord Jesus Christ, honestly, there's nothing else you would ever want to live for. And we will just say the cross before me, the world behind me. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. There is a cost, friends, to following Jesus. But when you look at the ultimate gain, which is what Paul tells us here, the loss isn't even a loss because of the, we may gain Christ and be found in him. I want one day when the Lord calls me home or he comes again, I want to be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own. You know, I have, I'm, I'm as, in my own soul, I'm, I'm as broken and sinful as the next person. But it's not about me. It's about Jesus. Not having a righteousness of my own but righteousness that comes from God by faith. Amen? That's where we need to be. We, there is a cost to following Jesus. And I want to say, friends today, are you willing to say, I have decided to follow him, no matter what the cost? There is a cost. Some people, when they discover what it means to follow Jesus, end up pulling back. They did it in the New Testament, the rich young ruler when he discovered that he, for him, that Jesus wouldn't share the first place with his money, then he, he wanted to go and do X, Y, and Z before, and Jesus said, you know, let the dead bury their own dead, you know, uh, you come and follow me. And that's, this is the cost of following Jesus. It is not going to be easy to be a Christian, and it isn't, but friends, we have the brightness of the glory of the risen Christ as our example. It wasn't easy for Jesus. Why should it be a bed of roses for you and me? If, if as the way of the master, so the servants, so the disciples. Friends, today, let's be those who say, no matter what it costs, I will follow Jesus. No turning back. Take up our cross daily. And then it says, uh, so he says, I want to know Christ, yes, and the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Look at the end here. He, he, he also says, not that I have obtained all this, praise God. Thankfully, the Apostle Paul is honest. You know, we haven't finished. <laughs> God hasn't finished with us yet. We're still under construction. We're still on the road. We're still journeying. Nobody's perfect. There aren't any bulletproof Christians. There aren't anybody, nobody's got it all sorted. From the Apostle Paul downwards, you know, we're all working at this. Um, but, he says, uh, or, or have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That's a powerful statement. Look, we need to press on. We need to persevere. Can I encourage you to be true to Christ? Be faithful in your discipleship. Persevere. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't withdraw. Don't back off. But press on. Press on towards the goal. Jesus took hold of you for a reason. And we need to discover that reason. Uh, 
You know, we want, um, uh, is, is, I suppose another way of putting it is this, is what I'm living for worth Christ dying for? You know, are, are we really living a life that puts God at the center? That's Christ Jesus didn't come for me just to have all the comforts of life and make, make my own way and, you know, get on, get on and get on in life. That's not why he came. He came to transform me and you so that we might be more like him. That's why he took hold of you. And so we are now called to go for it. Take the lid off. Pursue God. Be people in pursuit of God. Saturated with God. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it yet, in a way. But one thing I do. What's your one thing, by the way? What one thing are you doing at the moment? What, if you could boil it down to one, what would it be? Here's Paul's. Forgetting what is behind and straining. This is a, this, look, it's not going to be delivered to you on a silver platter. Your Christian life. People are wondering, where is God in the midst of everything? Well, I want to encourage you to strain. I want to encourage you to press in, lean in, take hold of the kingdom of God. Forcefully, passionately, urgently. Don't sit back. For The Christian faith is not laissez-faire. The Christian faith is pressing in. Because of the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus. Straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal. To win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Here is a man with an eternal perspective. Who knows that this world is not all all there is. That he is living for something else. And he won't all be the same. Rewards. Why did Jesus say lay up, don't lay up treasures on earth? He's not interested. Lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't break in and so on. Lay up treasures in heaven. He is, build that heavenly inheritance. Live for Christ. And what do I mean? Serve, love, care. Uh, Do everything we can to be living the way Jesus wants us to live now so that one day that reward will be ours. Not based on our works. I hope you hear this. The works are for the reward, but they're not to gain entrance. Jesus gives us entrance to heaven. When one day you stand at heaven's gate, the Peter, if we can use that analogy, will not say to you, well, you've been a bit better than you know, someone else. Uh, if, you, if I was to ask you to write down why God should let you into heaven at all, I wonder what your answer would be. Write it down. Put it in a sentence. Why should God let you into heaven? If anybody, if your answer is because I've been a good person, you are in danger of not going to heaven. If your answer is because I went to church, you are in danger. And I need to warn you so that you actually do go to heaven. If your answer is something like I tried my best, to be a good person that's not going to help you on that day when there will be nobody there to support you there the answer is I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and I put and I followed him I, I, I had faith and trust in what Jesus did for me 
I put my trust in the cross. I put my trust in his shed blood for me. And it's all, it's not about me. It's Jesus has done everything I need for heaven. And so I'm trusting in what Jesus did for me. And now, uh, and then it's by faith. That's what it is, by faith alone, by grace alone. What that that means is, it's an undeserved favor, a gift from God. That's how you enter into the narrow gate that leads to life. And as you get through that narrow gate, you discover how glorious Jesus is. And all the good works that we do for him are all response of love, not trying to earn but just living a holy life because he is holy. I hope I'm coming across clear. I don't want to leave anybody in any doubt this morning as to how you can know God, how you can know Christ, and how one day you can be with him, but also how you can grow in Christ. And see, uh, let me honestly finish with this, sorry. God, at Christmas time, God who is glorious he is transcendent he sits above the circle of the earth he is thrice holy he is perfect he is awesome he is majestic he is outside time he's the creator of all things and yet that god became man in christ jesus he made all things jesus when he went into bethlehem's manger was the creator of all things in a manger and then he went and grew up and lived on the, uh, went to the cross. And he was nailed there by his creation onto that cross which he created. The wood that he made. The people that he loves put him there because of love. And so I want you to know and hear today the love of God. And I want you to know that God is not only transcendent and mysterious and, and out there. But God is imminent. He is God with us. He is God who has made himself known to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is so with us. And he wants you to know him. That's the Christian faith. That's why it's so dynamic. That's why it's not religion. It's relationship. But it is then wanting to to know him and please him. Amen. I need to finish. I've gone over my time. But I pray that you will know Christ this Christmas time. Let's stand together.